the Chicago Tomahawk. I am Mike, and I got my line mate Matt with me. And today we're going to go over some Blackhawks news, their last game where they got wrecked versus the Blues. We're going to talk about some trade talk, some rumors, because uh, that you know that's always fun. Matt's got some some good some good uh, stuff on that. But uh, before we get into it, I want to let everybody know we're an FHN podcast. Go check out the FHN.net for some articles and hockey news or some podcasts on there as well. So uh, be sure to check that out and, uh, you know, let us know what you think. So uh, here we go. You know, the Blackhawks played the Blues on, uh, you know, they played the Blues and it wasn't pretty. It was Saturday night. I thought that it was going to be a, a good game. Jason Ross was calling the game with Eddie O. I'd like to see a game where Jason Ross calls a game with Nico, Nico, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> Nick Olchek, and, uh, and and see the chemistry that they have. You know, I don't think that the Blackhawks have necessarily done the right thing this year with what they've been doing with their, you know, their broadcasting change of the great Pat Foley, you know, retiring. And uh, yeah, sure, I get it. You want to test out some uh, some talent out there but uh, they've had some good people on there you know like Nico and and uh, they've had some bad people on there too, as well you know I don't want to name any names because I don't want to throw anybody under the bus but you could probably guess who he is and um, but I think that they could have done a better job uh, at least for the fans uh, if it's going to be something like this maybe they should be advertising or or maybe um, promoting you know Troy Troy Murray and uh, and John Weidman to to TV, and then actually, you know, kind of doing a tryout for for radio. You know, Weidman and Murray have obviously they've had chemistry for a long time. They're both great together. They they're already there watching the game. So the only thing that would be different would be is that that broadcast would be on TV and not on the radio. And you could see their face. <laughs> and you could see their you could see their face from time to time, you know, and they're both uh, incredible. So um and then that would give the opportunity for maybe like a guy like Jason Ross Jr to kind of uh, you know people get to know him, you know, a little bit more because at one point, you know, Troy Murray and John Weidman, they weren't household names like they are today, at least if you're a Blackhawks fan. So um, anyways, we got one more game that Jason's calling. Uh, he's, you know, he's been great. Check out podcast 95 if you want to know more about him uh, and his story so far. And, uh, you know, kind of here we go. You know, Blackhawks play the Blues. They got uh, they got thumped and there wasn't really much out of the game. But the, you know, the <laughs> predictable uh, only goal that they got was from Dylan Strom. And uh, it was that what was it? Two to one at that point, Matt? Yeah, there was still a game out of it, and uh, Flurry made some big saves to keep us in, and then uh, the Blues just were too powerful. Tarasenko kind of took over the game, and it just makes me wonder, like, this guy was available to the crack, and, <laughs> and you know, they, they didn't want to go with him, and they could have had him for free. And he's having a great season. A lot of people thought he was still hurt, but after that last game, man, he's got such an elite shot. Yeah, he does. And he he's an exciting player, and he looks healthy. So that's scary for the Blues, or it's scary for the other uh, teams in the NHL because the Blues are scary to me. Good for him because, you know, he was he was having shoulder issues for, I want to say, the past couple years. He had a surgery done, and it looks like he's firing on all cylinders now. Yeah, and he wanted to be traded at the beginning of the year, and I, I think that uh, that's died. I haven't heard anything about that anymore. So the Blackhawks, in their GM search, have interviewed another candidate, Matthew Matthew Darsh. I don't even know how to say his first name. Matthew Darsh. He's the director of hockey operations for the Tampa Bay Lightning. 
Uh, he's played 250 games over nine seasons, uh, nine seasons in the NHL, and he retired in 2013. You know, coming from a organization like Tampa Bay, who has obviously had a lot of success over the past couple years, you think that maybe you want to bring some of that success over here, Matt? Have Have you heard anything about this guy? I haven't, but you know, you're you're interviewing the right guy in the right organization because, like you said, they're they're winning. They have back-to-back cups, very successful in drafting. I mean, Braden Point, they're they're finding really good players, and obviously Vasilevsky, another good player. It's it's a smart guy, and it's a good interview, I think, for the Hawks. Yeah, I think it is too. And you know, to their you know to their credit, they've interviewed six very different individuals, which I think is is great. You know, because talking to different people, you might get different ideas from somebody. You know, and it's like you know what, this is something that we haven't even thought about, and that's something that we need to take into consideration. And you know, maybe something that you could bring up in a second interview with other other candidates that you have interviewed. Um, you know, guys from a winning organization, especially guys who are looking to make the jump, getting getting a promotion, they have ideas. They have fresh ideas. I would say they have the know with all to knowing what it's like to be with a winning organization. Try to bring that experience, but also try to bring their thing to, uh, you know, to the organization that they are getting that promotion with. I'd like to hear more about this guy, more of the work that he's done in, in Tampa. Uh, you know, if you see if he would like to keep a player like uh, Dylan Strom, you know, Dylan Strom has been playing, what, he's got like six goals and eight assists in the past 12 games. You know, that's pretty impressive, Matt. Yeah, he's he's turned it up. Like I said in a tweet, I know you and I have been pretty tough on me, especially since last year, but ever since the coaching change, it maybe took a little while for him to get, you know, going, but he's been one of the best Hawks in the last couple of weeks. So I know Kaner even came out and said, he's a guy you, you want to build around. This is a guy you want to keep. And, and, you know, I know Kaner's, he's sticking up for his teammate and, you know, he's, you know, looking out for him and everything, but it's going to be up to the GM in the end who we hire. So I hope they get this done soon before the deadline. So this guy, you know, he can get a head start on his draft. He can start trading and maybe collecting some picks and, kind of put out his blueprint, you know, on the table so everybody could could see it. You know, Matt, do you think that maybe it's a little bit too late? Maybe the ship has sailed on that? Because, you know, I would think that somebody like that would, if we would have done it by Christmas, you know, he would be able to sit back and, and say, all yeah. right, let me, let me, let, let me see what I have here, you know, instead of jumping in and having to try to uh, pull off a miracle or, you know, put out a, a good blueprint, you know, within, you know, two weeks, you well, know, that, that doesn't really put him in the, in the right position for success. I, I Well, you got five weeks, I think, till the deadline, I, you know, maybe you get hire you hire a guy in the next, say three, and he's got a good two weeks to see what he's got. Most, most of these guys they're interviewing know the Hawks already. I'm sure, sure. the Hawks have been privately, you know, interest in these guys and they've been you know following the team and they probably have an idea who they'd like to keep who would they like to trade and you give the guy a two-week window like okay I, I here's the thing I, I i could i can get a head start i can start stockpiling some picks maybe get some prospects start moving guys see what you know what Kaner is going to do in the future is he going to resign taves what are we going to do maybe we can move these guys at the draft and 
just uh, I mean, it's it's a lost season as as of now. I mean, it, there's no there's really no hope now for playoffs or wild card or anything. But I I would like to see them get it done within these next uh, I'd say four weeks. But if you know they might wait till after the deadline. I just uh, I like I said I'd like to see them. I like to see it done before that so this guy can get to work. Is there anybody kind of sticking out in your head that you're like, you know, man, I think this guy is the guy or, or do you still need more information to, before you can make like a, like a prediction like that? Yeah. I don't know, man. I wish, I wish I was uh, in the room with those guys to see like, you know what? I kind of like, I liked Scott Mellonby as a player, but it's, you know, he was in, he was in uh, Montreal, I believe, and you know it, that kind of went bad fast. He he lost your goalie, and you know he lost your captain, and I think he resigned this year, didn't he? He I think he stepped down. Yeah, in November he did. I mean, yeah, it, we knew they were going to be in bad shape. Their injuries caught up to him. They lost Philippe Deneau. Uh I mean, I kind of liked him so far, but I also liked um, the uh, Hurricanes. Uh, assistant GM, I think his name was was it Tulski? Tulski, yeah. yeah. I, I like you know, like like you said, there's different minds. Like he's an analytics guy. Sometimes that works if you know you're surrounded by good people around you and stuff. But so far, I think I like those two the best. Definitely no to Peter Shirelli, just because I think he would trade Patrick Kane for you know, like Andrew Ladd right now. That's just how bad he is with trading. <laughs> so I don't want to see any of that. And uh, this Tampa Bay guy, I think I do remember him, Matthew. I think it's Darsh, Darshe maybe. Um, <laughs> but, you know, he's been around a winning culture that sometimes it's good. They you go and get a, an opportunity to lead the team and you kind of bring those values and ideas from Tampa to another team. It might, it might help. So... Uh, so far, I, I think Scott Mellonby might be my favorite, though, as stupid as it may sound. But I, I just like that former player, that guy who's been through the grind, knows what it, it what playing 82 games is like, playing playoff series. I, I think those guys make better GMs, in my opinion. You know, as a GM, like what Scotty, what with, uh, I'm sorry, Stan Bowman did, was he gave Mark Andre Fleury an opportunity to come to the Blackhawks and he gave him a gentleman's agreement saying, Hey, look, you come play for the Hawks. You could play it out for the year. You could be our guy mentor, our, our, our young guy. Cause he needs a little mentorship. And in return, I won't trade you at the trade deadline. So, Obviously, Stan Bowman is not with the Blackhawks anymore. We have Kyle Davidson. I'm wondering, it, it, it almost seems as if Kyle Davidson is honoring that. Um, he's honoring that gentleman's agreement that he had with, uh, that Stan had with Flower, because there's been some interest in, in, in Marc Andre Fleury. And I, I said it before, I don't think that he wants to be traded or go somewhere else because, uh, you know, I think possibly for family reasons. Uh, we've got some interest from the Capitals, Matt. What do you know about that? Yes, uh, I've heard that the Caps have been in on Flurry. They've been trying try to acquire him, and, and I guess Flurry's been saying no. <laughs> That's the rumor, and it could be. Hey, I don't want to play for. I don't want to play for those guys. I went to be, uh, against them in wars. I have with these guys in the playoffs when I was with the Penguins. I, I can't stand them. Uh, I, I don't <laughs> know if you remember. He played Ovi in the final. When he was with Vegas, those two were fighting in warmups. Right, they're they're tapping each other as oh, they're skating. Yeah. It was like a scene from Slapshot. Yeah, 
or and maybe he just you know like you said he he wants to keep the kids and the wife here and you know at the end of the year maybe he'll retire maybe he'll go somewhere else but he doesn't maybe he doesn't want to move them now they're they're probably comfortable um i i you know what a couple weeks ago i thought he would go but i think he's gonna stay put yeah, it's got to be kind of hard, man, especially at somebody his age. You know, he's married. He's got kids. You know, they have they have a home here now. You know, kids are in school. You know, I, I would imagine, you know, we're both married. I'd want to keep, if I'm able to live my dream and play in the NHL, you know, I'd want to keep the wife happy. And if I'm telling the wife we're moving again, taking the kids out of school, you know, she, my wife it's, would be furious. It's tough. Yeah, it's tough. The, the only team I could possibly see him saying yes to would be Pittsburgh. But right. Pittsburgh, I mean, Jari, he's playing great this year. He's had a huge turnaround from that playoffs last year. He was god-awful. But, you know, he would be a good insurance guy to have, though, in, you know, in the playoffs. Like, hey, if our guy is not up to the task, we know Flurry would be. So, I mean, you never know. We got five weeks, but I I think he's going to stay put. Yeah, I agree. You know, with the playoffs coming up, you know, some teams have to make some decisions. Looks like Jack Eichel's going to make his debut coming up Wednesday, and Mark Stone is going to be out. Can you give me some uh, some info on, on Mark Stone? I know he's had some, some injury issues yes. as of late. You know, what's going on with him? So here's the funny thing. When they said Eichel is going to be activated, somebody's going to have to get traded. So... Believe it or not, this could be a blessing for Vegas that Stone's out. Now they have the cap space to not get rid of anybody, and they put um, Stone on long-term IR, and I believe he's got a bad back injury. But here's the thing. I've had Stone all season. He has been on and off the IR. He's been a pain in the butt for me. But why would he play in the All-Star game? Is it because it was in Vegas? I, I just I that was stupid to me. If if he's if he was hurt, he should have you know he should have said, "Hey, I'm hurt. Let's put somebody else from the team up, and I, I'm gonna rest." So I, I didn't get that one because he played the next game and he left early, and now it's a bad back injury. I'm hearing, and he might need surgery. Holy smoke! I think that he played the game because he's in Vegas. He's Vegas's yeah. star. You know they need him. They need him for that. I mean, I mean they're not gonna tout out. Uh, I mean, Marshall Salt was already in the All-Star game, so if you really think yeah. about it, what was really Mark Stone doing out there? It's it's pointless. It was a dumb game anyway. I, I didn't get that. Maybe he, I I hope he didn't injure it at the All-Star game. That would be just awful. Yeah. Your captain, your, the guy you're depending on. But, I mean, I don't know if he'll, he's going to be back this season. I don't even think he might not even be back for the playoffs. So, you know, Vegas, they go for it every year. And they brought Eichel in to to get him over that hump there. They got good centers now. Uh, I don't know. It's it's, it's weird. You know, you'd like to see Vegas fully healthy, and it's just not happening. Yeah, it's just just been a pain, especially mentioning Mark Stone. He has been on and off the IR all year. And especially now that they've got Eichel and they're looking to go for it, you would think that should they, like, hey, look, have the surgery, take your time coming back with Mark Stone because you don't want to ruin him for next year, you know, or ruin his career. Yeah. So what's his cap hit? Eight, eight point five? I yeah, I think it's right around high seven, maybe eight, I believe. So they put him on LTIR and what do you know, got seven million in cap space. Who can they go after at the um at the trade deadline? You know, to be honest with you, Joe Pavelski kind of uh, pops into my head. 
Well, I, I don't think they can get anybody because they have to activate Eichel's 10. So oh, I think that's they're, right. I think they're right up against the cap still. So this is almost like a trade acquisition, you know? It's like getting a, getting a top star they're going to be getting, and he's going to make a huge difference for this team. But it just sucks that he can't do it with Mark Stone because these are two top players, and it's just it's a blow. I mean, you you're happy you're getting an elite player, but you're also losing one. So yeah. hopefully Eichel is up to the task because they're gonna they're gonna lean on him a lot. Do you where do you see Pavelski going? This is interesting. I I think Pavelski should be team's top player to go after just because he's cheaper and he's a big game player. He's always showed up for the big games. He's always putting up great numbers. Claude Giroux is probably the top prize, I think, at the deadline. But, you know, I mean, he, he's he been on Philly forever. They've you know, they've had some good years. I mean, they, I don't think they've been to any, like, Eastern finals since 2010 against the Hawks, quite honestly. But if I'm a GM trying to get over the hump, trying to win the Cup this year, going all out, say, like, I'm Joe Sackick, I'm calling Dallas, and I'm saying, hey, I want Pavelski to be my third-line, second-line center power play guy and I I'd give a first round pick honestly if I'm going for it because next year we all know Kadri is uh he's having a great season this year he's making I think he just put up 61 points his career high and he's on pace for probably 82 maybe even 90 the way that the Avs are playing he he I think will not be on the team next year I think he's gonna go get paid get as much as he can get. Someone's going to pay. And I don't think the Avalanche will have the space to do it. And if you get a guy like Pavelski to play with you this season and he really enjoys it, you could sign him cheap next year. I mean, that that's what I would do. I would think for the future and think about getting the cup this year as well. You know what, man? I don't think the Avs can get past the Blues. Um, I think that Pavelski would be a would definitely be a great addition to that team. I don't think that he would be enough to get over that hump, though. I mean, Nathan McKinnon would have to score at um, at at a great rate, like he normally does. Yeah. You're going to need production up and down the lineup, and on top of that, you're going to need Kale McCarr to defend as well as produce offense and your goalie to show up. And yeah, this goalie Kemper. He, I don't know too much about him in the playoffs, except, quite honestly, I remember when the Hawks played him, he wasn't that good at all. No. That was years ago. So, and, and he's been with Phoenix for a couple of years. They they haven't been playoff tested. And like you said, I agree with you with the Blues. I, can you imagine if the Blues landed Pavelski? He, I think he would fit right in with those guys, yeah, the way he, he plays. He, he I know the Blues always acquire a... It seems like they always acquire a, a, a decent American guy to fit in with their system, and they just roll even more. So, I mean, that could be an option for the Blues as well. And if, say, Joe Sackick wants Claude Giroux for the same purposes as, hey, I'm going to lose Kadri next season, maybe I can get a head start and yeah, I can talk to Giroux coming back here next year cheaper, and that would be a good second-line center option. So, wasn't, Mike Ho- wasn't Mike Hoffman there last year? Mike Hoffman was with the Blues last year, I believe. Yeah, yeah. I'm really surprised that he had a he had a down year with them. Yeah, it was just a weird season, man. I I I thought he would have fit in very well on that team. Yeah. I, I think ever since he left uh, Florida, 
he just hasn't been the same player. Which is weird because he had he's been very consistent because uh, when well, yeah. he came from Ottawa, right? Yeah, Ottawa, and he, I believe he went to Florida, and yeah. he put up really good numbers down there in Florida. Both. Yeah, and then yeah. St. Louis went for him, and they said, "Hey, we need a guy that can shoot the puck, and he's not afraid to score some goals." And he just didn't. It didn't work out. And I believe he went. I think he's with the Habs right now. He he can even get moved. You never know. I think the Habs are going to get rid of everybody. Yeah. Like they got the. I don't know if we mentioned it today. Tyler Toffoli was traded to the Flames earlier uh, for Tyler Pitlick, a prospect uh, Hyman, I think, or Heeman, and a first round pick and a. 2024 fifth round pick. So I thought, I mean, the Habs made out like bandits. They got some good prospects, two picks. One's a first round pick. I mean, the Flames got a good player too. They Daryl Sutter won the Stanley Cup with with uh, Tyler Toffoli on the Kings. So right. I, I had a feeling Sutter had a big part of this trade. Right. Yeah, I know this guy. I want this guy. He he's my type of my type of guy. And here so he I knows. Think both, both teams made out like bandits. It was yeah. just a good hockey trade. Yeah, I think so too. Really incredible. So if Tyler Toffoli can get that kind of interest, what kind of interest do you think maybe a player like Dominic Kubelik can get? Well, at the minimum, probably a second-round pick. I'd like to see him get a first-round pick, but uh, it's all going to depend on all these guys in front of us, like we just talked about, like Claude Giroux, Pavelski. Say say the Rangers, you know, they they missed out on all these guys, and hey, we'll give you a first-rounder for Kubelik. I mean, I'd be, I'd be completely happy with that. Yeah, no kidding. Well, obviously, it's going to be getting much more interesting headed down. We're going to be getting to the the trade deadline in a few weeks, and just seeing where players are. You know, the rumors: where could they go? What could other teams get? What are other teams getting? Who's overpaying for for who? You know, it's really really interesting. Now that football's over, I think that hockey is going to, you know, get more of the limelight in the sporting news, and you know, maybe more coverage. So, we're going to keep everybody posted with that. Um, I don't have any more for today. Do you, Matt? Yeah, I just wanted to give a shout out to uh, Jeff Skinner. Scored four goals last night, Holy putting smoke. his putting his total to twenty this year. Last year he could not buy a goal. He is having a great season for the Sabers this season. Yeah, good for him. You yeah. know, good you to got, see. You got a guy making nine million. You know, and uh, he's not scoring goals. That's never good for an organization. And then again, you know, nothing went right for the Sabers last year. It was, you know. It was as bad as it could get. Yeah, it was pretty bad. But it's good that, that you know, they're, it looks like they're they're not as bad as they were last year. They're they're putting some wins up. They're competitive, but it's still it's going to take some time. Well, all right, everybody, that's all that we got for you tonight. Do us a favor, hit the subscribe button. We're very very appreciative, and we'll see you on the next podcast. This is the Tomahawk, and we're out of here. <laughs>